0: We're going to welcome Stan Ministries to the stage for our Moment for Missions. Give them an oku to welcome this morning.
1: Good morning. Uh, I get to do the Moment for Missions for Stan Ministries. Uh, and uh, this is Lindsay. My name is Cheryl. And coming in this morning, I thought of something that uh, my husband and I started the ministry in 2000 in August, so we are 23 years old this month. so that was exciting. To, um, but, so if we can have the first slide, uh, this, uh, our Kentucky Mountain Outreach uh, stand ministry is the most visible part, is the strength team. And I think we've been here, and everyone knows the STAND strength team. We're athletes that, well, I'm not an athlete, but we have athletes that lift things and break things, and they do that going along with showing the Bible truths. And in schools, they teach the right choice message. Uh, Over the years, what's also become a great part of STAND is our Kentucky Mountain Outreach, because through those school assemblies in Kentucky, we saw the great need uh, there. There's a very needy area so in when the pandemic happened and everything shut down, uh, Terry, my husband, looked at me and said, and I'll never forget his words. He said, I don't know what the ministry is going to look like when the pandemic's over, but I don't want to give up Kentucky. So Terry's in heaven, and he would be happy to know we are not giving up Kentucky. And there's a big thank you to Oakwood for what we just did in July. So uh, Lindsay had a contact that said, you know, uh, actually a mayor um, invited us to come to uh, the back to school bash and gave us a list of things they needed and Oakwood provided. And it was just unbelievable. And you can see there's Lindsay and she's so happy. That's all the things that Oakwood sent. So when we got there, they had this huge tent. And so we brought, started bringing things from the van and uh, when we brought a couple things out They're like wow this is unbelievable I'm like wait 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 there's more so we kept bringing and bringing and all this stuff awkward they were amazed that we brought all the things that we brought and what they did is I don't know if you can see from the picture um, they had this huge tent and the tent was lined in the perimeter of uh, big long tables and there was businesses and organizations from the community that each table would give out one specific item. Like one table would give out the shampoo, one would give out the toothpaste, and then the toothbrush. And I was excited because we got to give out the little poof balls. That's what I call it. Lindsay says they're loofahs, but you know, the little things for the bath, and the kids love those because they're colorful and they kind of look like toys. I like to pick out which color they wanted. Um, but it was unbelievable. We, it was a nonstop three-hour line of people. They lined up an hour before it even opened. Um, and it, I, we saw over a thousand people that day and it was, it was a great blessing, but it was also heartbreaking at the same time because these people were so thankful for the things that I take for granted. I probably, most of us here can not get real excited over shampoo and toothpaste, but the, I, a lot of these children are being raised by their grandparents. And I had a grandma look at me and say, she has six grandchildren that she's raising. And she said, This is so helpful. You don't even know how helpful this is. So it was a blessing to be able to bless them. Um, But I will let Lindsay tell you one of the other important parts that we did that day.
2: Good morning. So as you see, and I'm sure you saw as you walked in, this canvas here that was blank is no longer blank. We can go to the next slide. There we go. So we had hundreds of students sign our Wall or uh, what is it called? There we go. World changers wall. Thank you for helping me out. Sign our world changers wall. So again, solid three hours of nonstop people. It was a blessing. We were right next to the face painter because it slowed him down a little bit, so I got to talk to him. And if you all know me, I enjoy talking. So this was a perfect place for me. I got to talk to every kid that passed by, every family that passed by, and there were three things that I had them agree to to sign. Our world changers wall. And that was to be kind to one another. That was to respect each other for each other's differences. And I explained what respect was to the younger ones. And that was also to work really hard for the next school year. And they were able to sign my wall. And these kids got so excited. You see, there are hundreds of names out there. And each of these names represent a kid, a family, who not only is needing physically, but needing spiritually. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be leaving that out in the lobby this week and next week. So as you walk through those doors, as you leave, you can see every name, and you can pray over that canvas, because we're going to bring that back. You can go ahead into the next slide. We're going to bring that back to our um, office and pray for that every time we go into the office, because these people need the supplies, but they need Jesus, right? They know about Jesus. They know about him, but they need to know him. So this was our, um, the, the theme was circus, and they called me up, and they're like, we're going to do a circus theme because, you know, you guys are kind of, I think they were trying to be nice. <laughs> but we're, we're circus freaks, okay? We're a big bunch of strong people, and we break things and rip things. So we had the strong man of the tent. I unfortunately had an injury, so I wasn't able to do some of the feats that I'm normally able to do, which was a really cool thing that God allowed us to connect with. A, there was a student there who had a broken arm, and he saw my wrap of my hand it was instant connection. So God just does really cool things and we were able to give out these coloring pages of animal. Mom wrote hang on to Jesus at the top of them and each kid got to take one home or color while they're there. Next slide. Okay. So, did you want to say something about the grace? Okay. So, at the Grace Christian Music Festival, we had a vendor tent and so we were able to have people come on by and we kind of did the same thing. I had the world changers wall. It was actually really cute. A couple adults were like, can I sign the world changers wall? I was like, sure, go ahead. Um, but this one right here, if you have seen what we've been doing in the past years, um, one of our talks is about the storms of this life. And uh, we asked the um, people come on by and if they knew somebody or they themselves were going through a storm to write down their name. And again, these are things we're going to pray for. So they're going to be out in the lobby today, and then we're going to take them home to our office. And that's just kind of the heart of what we're doing right now is providing people with what they need. And prayer is one of those biggest things that people need.
1: Yeah. Next slide. Okay, so with a praise report. And just so you know, that is the mayor that is, I don't know what he's doing to Matthew there. He's telling him a story, so it kind of looks like he's hitting him. It looks like he's beating him up but he was telling him a story uh, yeah so I'm like Lindsay why'd you put that picture in there so anyway so uh, I'm I'm gonna hand the mic back over to Lindsay here in a minute because I want her to be able to um, talk about that we're asking for prayer next month is our second annual dr. ta Nalian Memorial walk um, so we're uh, I'll Give her back the mic, but just so you know, I am going to put these out also, and I also have some permanent markers. So, if anyone here is going through a storm or knows someone that's going through a a tough storm, feel free to put a first name on here. So, we are taking it to the office and we'll be praying over it. Okay,
2: so we have our Dr. T.A. Nalian Remembrance Walk. This is something that uh, is near and dear to my heart. as Mom said, uh, Dad passed away. So we are having a walk in his remembrance, in his memory. And you can see there all the details of the walk. We're going to have a guided prayer walk, some giveaways, hopefully a fun activity. Um, there's tons of tennis courts, playgrounds, fishing pond. You can bring your own pole and fish. But it's just going to be a beautiful day of community, prayer, and remembering um, pretty awesome man. So. One of the things we're gonna be doing, if you can show me the next slide. So mom has on last year's model of our um, custom ink fundraiser t-shirts. You know, turn around, be a model for me, thank you. And this is this year's. Um, Those of you who signed up for the email to get it when this launched, I apologize. We actually didn't get things together until Friday because when you launch this t-shirt thing sometimes, the format got all messed up. So now the format's good and we've launched it, and we have a week, a week, to sell some t-shirts, and uh, we're hoping to raise some money, and uh, if you don't want to purchase a t-shirt, but you still want to come to the walk, that's great. If you want to purchase a t-shirt and not come to the walk, that's great, too. Whatever feels, you know, you would like to do, and if you go ahead and see this QR code, you can scan that, and that'll take you right to the donation um, site, and you can either purchase a t shirt, or you can also just do like a monetary donation as well. So, whatever um, you feel maybe is on your heart, we would really, really appreciate that. So, Oakwood has always been such a uh, support for our family, but these last couple years, you guys have gone above and beyond. So, <laughs> thank you. <clears throat>
1: Okay, if I can hold myself together. I will just read this because I did. This is a thank you card that I'm going to leave out for Oakwood. Dear Oakwood Church family, we we love and we, the love and the support that you've given Stan Ministries and to our family is incomparable. We are so blessed by you in so many ways. Our trip to Kentucky in July 2023 was a huge success because of all the items our Oakwood family donated and because God is so good and continues to bless Stan Ministries. PD and Oakwood Church family... Nice things just seem to bloom from you. We thank you, and we thank God for you. Love, Cheryl and Lindsay and the Stan Ministries team. Thank you.
2: Oh, haha, thank you. <laughs> need lots of help. Appreciate it. Will I turn this off?
0: Roman's bumper? Roman's bumper? Roman's bumper? a gospel for all time. Go ahead and head to Romans chapter 15 around verse 14. I'll meet you there in just a moment. Wrapping up everything you've just heard this morning, we are a church that fully stands with stand, right? We stand with stand. And so I wanted to let you know a couple of things. We will send out more material to you so you know what time. I didn't see a time on that that thing about the walk. Uh, So we'll give you details so you know where to show up, when to show up. Uh, But I encourage you, like Lindsay said, I think she gave you an option of not buying a shirt or not coming. That's not an option. Buy a shirt or buy a shirt and come, but do that. I mean, this is a way, I I love having those shirts, by the way. I I get one every year, so that uh, adds to my collection. I always get it in black, because I wear black all the time. Uh, But they have different options for you. So follow the instructions. We'll send something out early this week in the email to let you know about how we are going to participate. But also something that we're working toward. We know we sent Lance uh, Red out to do some work uh, with Stan. Their office needs to be painted. Uh, Looks like we're probably going to get that done. We're going to probably pay for that to get done. Uh, But another project that we need to go and do is it looks like we'll be uh, organizing their warehouse, right? Where they store all this stuff. All that stuff that they take needs to be stored, organized, and make sense. And uh, we got tasked with that. So look for an SOS coming in September. An SOS. SOS stands for serving our Savior, where uh, people can come and we go together and we serve together. And that's going to be one of the aspects. Uh, last night, I was at the grill and Chill with the men, and one of the men came up and said, is, is, is there a way we could do an SOS to help a neighbor of mine? And I'm like, I love that. I love it when people from Oakwood come up with ideas and say, let's do this. Uh, and so we'll also probably on that same day, we'll probably have two different teams, one heading out to do organizational skills in a warehouse, one to go and help uh, around a house that has been in disrepair because of some issues in a, in a house there. So uh, look for those things that will be Coming soon in September. But let's stop right now before we get into Romans. Let's pray for our stand ministries. Amen? You can't sit and pray for stands, so stand. Stand with me and let's agree in prayer for our friends and their ministry. Father God, we come to you as a church. We stand united behind our friends at the stand ministry. We're thankful for what has been done this summer. Father, we're thankful to see all those names of people on this uh, piece of art there in the lobby of our church. God, I pray we would take time today to just walk by that, even in silent prayer, maybe to see a name or two and call out that name silently to you in prayer, praying for that person. God, these are people, as Dr. Nallion would often say, souls, souls, souls. He did it loud. And so, Father, we pray for these people that Stan Ministries connects with, helps physically, gives information spiritually. And God, we pray that you would give the fruit and the increase. So we stand with Stan, Father. We stand with them financially. We stand with them prayerfully. We stand with them when there's things that need to be done in their office or in their warehouse. And God, we will continue to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. And before we open the word and look into Romans 15, starting in, chapter, in verse 14, tonight at Oakwood is a special worship event, and it's geared for our high school and college age and young adults and anybody who really loves worship and feels young at heart. So if you show up and you're 40, you're not going to get kicked out. Uh, We'd love to have you. Uh, But we did make it high school on up. It's not a night that middle schoolers and and grade schoolers are going to enjoy. We're not having food. We're not playing games. It is simply going to become here in the worship center. And there's an outside group of college-age students, not from Oakwood. This is an outside group that is going to come and lead us in worship. I want to show our young people, young adults, high school students, that we are the greater body of Christ, and there's other people, and we don't always have to be on the stage. We can let other people take the stage, and uh, we're just going to worship. So come and sing, high schoolers, college age, and young adults. We got to talk sometime, church. I know it's not a, uh, it's not a uh, fireside chat, but boy, I really want to teach a philosophy about college age versus young adults. We really got to have a talk about that. College age is four years out of high school, 1822. Anybody understand that? That's college age. Outside of that, there are young adults. Do you know we have 48 young adults on our list here at Oakwood? 48. And so I just want you to be remembering. Yeah, remember that. Think about that. And uh, we're working hard right now to uh, a new philosophy and how to do something with those age groups to help all of them. Tonight's the start of that. High school, college, and young adults. Young adults, by the way, goes all the way up to what, 40 or 50? Is 50 the new young adult? I don't know what it is. But anyways, young adult are people that are out of the school age and they're working. They're working career jobs and stuff. That's what I think of them as. Uh, and so uh, we, we're working towards some of those things. Tonight's just a start. Come and enjoy that. Oh, they did ask me to speak, so I am sorry. One of us will be on stage. I apologize. Uh, I'm going to do a quick 15-minute message. It is the start of the school season for both high schoolers and college age, so I'm going to give a little boost shot in the arm encouragement as we head into that new season. So all of that's happening at 6 o'clock tonight. Come if you will. We'd love to have you. All right, now we're ready. Let's do it. Would you pray with me? Would you take some time just to silently pray? God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just give that prayer to God. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. And God, I pray that you would be glorified. I pray that everyone hearing this would be edified. I pray that Satan would be horrified in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at Romans 15. I want to read the whole context to you and then we'll make some comments. Romans 15, starting in verse 14, Paul says, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again because of the grace of God that God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the powers of signs and wonders, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So from Jerusalem all the way around to that silly sounding city, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you, but now that there is more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through, and to have you assist me on my journey there. After I have enjoyed your company for a while. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Archea were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessing. So, after I have completed this task and have made sure that they have received this contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessings of Christ. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be kept safe from unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there, so that I may come to you with joy, by God's will, and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. Romans 15, 14 through 33. It's obvious we're winding down the book, doesn't it? I mean, it kind of sounds like, "Hey guys, I'm looking forward to seeing you. I'm traveling here and there. I need this and that." And it kind of sounds like, what in the world is Pete going to preach about today? We'll wait till you get to next week. That's really going to be hard. Uh, but this week, there's something really exciting that we can talk about when we read this. Don't forget, this is a real person doing real-life ministry, and we can follow an example that we can see in this passage. I saw this outline online and I really liked it, so I snagged the outline. All the material is mine inside of that outline, but I liked the outline showing us that there's a life worth living. Over 30 years ago, a speaker got up to speak. I think it was in Memphis, Tennessee. 40,000 college-age students, that's 18 to 22, by the way. 40,000 college students were in a farmer's field for worship and hear the speaker talk. And as the speaker got up to speak, it started to rain, (laughs) pouring down rain. All the students are sitting in their chairs with bags over their heads trying to stay dry. And as the speaker got to the platform, a gust of wind blew and most of his notes went flying into the audience. He pinned down the rest of them with an elbow. An auspicious start to one of the world's best sermons ever preached. As most of his notes had flown away, he just started to speak and he started to tell a story. I want to read the first paragraph. He said, three weeks ago, I got word at our church that Ruby Eliason and Laura Edwards had both been killed in Cameroon. Ruby was over 80, single all her life. She poured it out for the one great thing, to make Jesus Christ known among the unreached and the poor and the sick. Laura was a widow, a medical doctor, pushing 80 years old and serving at Ruby's side in Cameroon. The brakes failed, the car went over the cliff, and they were both killed instantly. Were their lives wasted? Is their story nothing but a sad tragedy? And the audience of 40,000 soaking wet college students said, no, no. So the speaker then added this. Pulled out a travel magazine and he read, Bob and Penny took an early retirement from their jobs in the Northeast five years ago when he was 59 and she was 51. Now they live in Punta Gorda, Florida, where they cruise on their 30-foot trawler, play softball, and collect seashells. What's the real tragedy? Friends is we open God's Word and we look at Paul winding down this message and seemingly just giving a laundry list of things, what we see is an example of a life well-lived. We see an example of a life that's poured out with purpose. The real tragedy is actually the American dream. (laughs) This idea that we, we work hard And ignore our families and and put on all the time to make all the money we can so that eventually we can collect seashells. Now, I want to make it clear. There's nothing wrong with retirement. There's nothing wrong with working hard and providing for your family. Nothing wrong with any of this. But the idea that that's how you're going to finish your life is 20 years walking on a beach collecting seashells. If you put it in context, can you imagine what it would look like in heaven when the two ladies who'd given their lives to serve show up and then Bob and Sally show up? (laughs) What have you done that lasts? Stan Ministries would answer that question with names, names of souls. And people in Kentucky that were loved and cared for, and Bob and Sally would say, "We've got a lot of seashells. We've got lots of seashells." I don't want to be overly cynical today. There's nothing wrong with collecting seashells. My wife and I, we like to go, and she does very good finding petoskey stones. Those are wonderful things. I can't find those boogers, but she finds them everywhere we go. I love that. And it's, it can be part of your life, all of your life. It can be part of your life. Retirement could be enjoyable, and there can be time for seashells. But there's got to be more, isn't there? There's got to be more to life, more fulfilling, more, more something to aim for, right? It's the aim we're talking about. What are we aiming for? I know Julie and I have dreamt, you know, every, every once in a while we'll be driving and we'll see the big rig, you know, the big... Camper RV going down the road, and they've got a Jeep Wrangler attached to the back. And I look at my wife, and I'm like, "Can we sell everything and I just oh, can we sell everything and just buy one of that? I if I had that, you know. And you might be thinking, "Well, he's going to go to Batoski and find stones, maybe sometimes. But you know what? I dream, I dream of taking that all over the country and speaking at churches, you know, and laying to get a camp." Some 70-year-old fat guy getting up and talking to these kids still. God, I just want to be effective. I just want to come to the end and say I was effective. So the speaker stood in front of 40,000 college students soaking wet with his notes gone. And John Piper delivered his famous message, Don't Waste Your Life, later became a book. And if this message hits you today, I would encourage you to find John Piper's book called Don't Waste Your Life, and you'll read this. And you'll get the understanding that, you know, God blesses us, and you should retire, and you should be able to enjoy your retirement, but, but there's more, right? We don't ever retire from effectiveness, You never get to retire from serving. You don't. We continue to serve our Lord until he takes us home. And what we see in this passage is not just a grocery list of wrapping up a book. It's we see a life well lived. That's what I want to share with you today. Living with a purpose. I just want to have a purpose. I mean, life is hard. I mean, y- y- y'all are struggling. Can I, I don't get to go to therapy, so you're my cheap therapy. This week was hard. Oh my goodness, made a huge mistake this week. You know, my wife called and said, "Why is the credit card bill so high?" And I went and looked online, and I'm like, "I don't know why it's so high." And I found a charge almost a thousand dollars, and I'm like, "What?" And I, it said uh, Tandem Med, Tandem Med. I'm like, Tandem Med. I don't remember ever. And so I looked it up online, you type in Tandem Med and they're a diabetes thing that sells pumps. And I'm like, we didn't buy an insulin. This is not right. I got robbed. Who's doing this? So I called the bank. I'm like, hey, I didn't do this. I mean, this is wrong. And they're like, we're canceling your cards. I'm like, all right, you gotta wait for two weeks to get a new card. I'm like, all right, and we're gonna fight that charge. I'm like, woohoo! let's go, yeah. And I went home and I started thinking, well, I hope that wasn't a real charge. But Tandem Med makes no sense. And all of a sudden, I, I had a thought. And I went to my daughter. And I said, you know, all this wedding planning we're doing, did we pay a bill for somebody called Tandem Med? She goes, oh, yeah, Tandem Media. Oh. I charged that. I approved that charge. And I just got confused and had to call the bank back and say, Oops. They're like, your cards are still canceled. you got to wait for new cards to come. And now we got to call the company apologize. I'm like, I'm sorry. And that was just one thing. I don't know if you came in today and saw the field. We've got a sandcastle. It's not decoration. I ordered 10 yards of material to come to fill a hole. And they're supposed to come and drop it in the hole. Instead, they get stuck in the yard, and they drop it in the middle of the field. Oh. I mean, everything. I felt like everything. It's just, and I'm like, Lord, what am I doing here? I mean, I'm... I'm so crazy busy, and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. God, I just want to be effective. So I think Paul is a great example today that we can look at these verses and just look at a few things. Number one, Paul's position. Who is this guy? Who is this guy named Paul? Well, he calls himself and refers to himself His identity was centered on missions. Everybody say missions. He was all about missions. That's found in verses 14 through 38 I want, or, or uh, 18. 14 through 18. Yet I have written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. He gave me the duty of proclaiming the gospel Boy, what a, what a position. He, he saw himself as a missionary. Now, you might be sitting here today and say, I'm not, I don't feel, like, I, I think I'm called to do something. That's all right, you're still on mission. You're still on, you might not be a missionary. Missionaries are called and they leave what they're doing and I understand that there is a difference, but you're still on mission. You might not call yourself a missionary, but you have to be on mission. That should be your identity. We should be known by living on purpose, Paul made that very clear that his identity was as a missionary, specifically to the Gentiles. What do I see next? I see Paul's this is being funky, so I'm sorry, I'm not getting anywhere. You might have to click for me. Paul's practice. What was Paul's practice? Click for me. I'm sorry. He go back. Now that I don't have control, it's out of control. He shared the gospel wherever he went. So his, his position was, his identity was as a missionary. I exist to proclaim the gospel, specifically to Gentile people all over the world. What was his practice? Well, he shared the gospel wherever he went. Verse 19. As we've read, by the power and signs and wonders and through the Holy Spirit, so from Jerusalem all the way to Illycaronian or whatever you call that city. I was looking at it and trying to figure this out, and and I think if Paul was a missionary in the states with his big rig and the jeep on the back, preaching at camps and churches, I think he would say, "Man, I'm a missionary from California to Connecticut, from." Saskatchewan to the Keys, right? That's kind of what Paul's saying here. He's not actually saying, I only serve here to here. No, he's saying, I got a broad ministry here and I'm traveling all over the place. And here and there and everywhere, when I go, I give the gospel. He shares the gospel. It's his purpose. It's his practice. It's a life well lived. And then three, Paul's passion. He's got that burning in the belly you know, we had Stan Ministries represented today. And boy, did you ever meet somebody who had a burning in his belly? Then uh, Sh- Shrek, Dr. Shrek he had a burning in his belly to go and tell people about Jesus. What was Paul's passion? Go ahead and click that. Paul's passion, he desired to take the gospel to new places. And this is important. Verse 20 and 21, it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known, so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. Paul had a passion in his belly. It was a gospel-urgent passion to show the gospel where it needed to be shared. I, I remind us as a church, we've we must maintain the attitude and mentality that it's not about what happens in these four walls it's not about me it's not about me getting what i want we come to this place we worship god together we get information from his word and god changes us but it's it's not about that's not the main thing if your main thing spiritually is showing up on sundays i am sorry <laughs> You're not getting anything that you need. You're not getting everything that you need. I, I am not your spiritual drug dealer. I don't need you to come to me once a week to get a spiritual hit. There's more than that. We individually ought to live with purpose and passion, and that passion ought to be people that don't know Jesus need to hear about him. Let this be your training station, let this be your equipping station so you could go out and be effective. Pray this week when things go wrong for you and there's things that happen that aren't good, you say, Lord, this life is hard, but help me be effective. Pray that prayer over and over again this week. God, help me be effective in the chaos. Paul's passion was to take it to new places. And I love what he says, not to build on someone else's foundation. Oh, churches today can be awful. I mean, churches get in this, and more churches pop up All the time, I mean, people come from out of nowhere and they plant a church in a community that has tons of churches. I'm like, why don't, why don't they come and talk to us first? Do we, do we really need more of the same type of churches? We've got a lot of the churches that are doing the same thing here, but more people come. And what do they do? They advertise. We advertise big time. And who do they get? People from other churches. And, and I know that we're not the west side of the state, but there's a joke in Grand Rapids. In Grand Rapids, Michigan, there's a church on every corner, and they might as well put a revolving door at the front, because people coming in, going out, and going somewhere else the next week, and they go from church to church to church to church, and so every five years, you got a cycle of who's the hot church? We are. Who are the same people? Something happens, and they move, and they go to, and then somebody shows up, and says, I'm gonna start a new church. Yeah, everybody goes there, Woo! and then So go somewhere else. I just, you know, stop it. Stop it. Stop the cycle. I'm not picking on you. Some of you are here because you've left other churches. You've had heartaches. There's, There's time for that to make a hard call for your family. I'm not downing you at all. But the church, not you as individual, but the church needs to not be competitive. We're not competing. We're all on the same team. I was told this week by our... Celebrate Recovery people, that there's a church within miles of us that's going to start their own Celebrate Recovery. I'm like, why? That's. Wouldn't it be awesome if the churches would gather and say, you know what, we do really well. We we have CR and we're doing it really well. You guys don't need to worry about that. Can you do something else? Can somebody do Grief Share really well? Why does each church have to do you know, everything so they can build their kingdom. We, this is not the kingdom of Don. We don't have a flag that we're flying with my silhouette so that we can become some mega church. It's not our goal. It's not our goal. And I definitely don't want to be in that rat race. I agree with Paul. You know, God, if people from Oakwood leave and they want to go to another church, that's that's okay. You need to do that leading. You need to do that directing. But I want new people. I want people that need Jesus. I want to be a church filled with people that come to know Jesus and then grow in a relationship with Him. Authentic, organic, from babies that we can develop. That's what I want, God. And so there are plenty of people. Have you ever been out on a Sunday? Sometimes I make Julie go to sams or costco for me during one of the services we got two services she comes to my wife she comes she'll come she's a good lady but on the other service she might have to run out into the world and do something and she comes and tells me there's a lot of heathens out there there's a whole lot of heathens out there i don't know if she says it like that i do want oakwood to grow not for growth or for fame and No, because I want new people to meet Jesus and help them grow. I mean, and there's plenty of them out there. Apparently, there's a whole group of people not going to any church. As much as I love all y'all, and I'm glad that God brought you here, we got room to grow. In just a few weeks, we're going to two services. Lord, help me. If we've got 40 people in the first service and 100 in the next service, what are we doing? We... It's exhausting to lead worship twice and to preach twice. It's just exhausting. We do that because of our ministries. They need a time they can sit and soak. They're serving during children. So we got to have a service where they can come and sit. And so we're going to do it. We're going to do it. But let me just give you a thought. How about we fill the chairs with people that need Jesus? How about we, we are invitational and we don't worry about taking Bob and Sally from their church and transporting them over here to Oakwood we don't need to steal people. There's a harvest out there, and the fields are white and ready. We got we got to go. The Bible says, "Get out of the palace and get out there, and the you know do God's work." And that's what Paul, Paul gave his whole life, his position and his purpose and his passion was get me in front of people that don't know Jesus, and I'm going to tell them about him. What a what a life world lived not a wasted life. Go ahead and go to number four. What was Paul's plan? Hit it. Paul's plan was he took concrete steps to reach the nation. Where do we see that in 22 to 29? This is why I've often been hindered from coming to you. Paul wanted to go visit these people. He, He wanted to get to Rome and so he could you know, talk to them some more and spend time with them. He's got a relationship. He's got a re- relationship in Ephesus and Galatia. He's got relationships with believers and churches that he started and he, he wants to get there. But he says, I, I, I can't, I could not come. It wasn't because of laziness. It was because of purposefulness. Can I tell you, church, there are always good things to do. Sometimes, leaders have to make choices on which good things we'll do and which good things we have to not do right now. And I love all y'all and all you probably have good ideas. And that's fine. You can come and present ideas for ministry, but sometimes the church just has to say, that's a great thing, but we're just not. And you know what? I do know that the church five miles from here is doing that really well. Praise God. But we can't do that right now. We don't have the bandwidth. We, we, we need to do what we're doing, and we need to do it with excellence. And so sometimes, and you need to get grasp this, sometimes you say no to good things. Paul did. Paul said, I, can't, I, I, I've been, I couldn't make it. I've been busy. I've been putting in the miles and doing some service. He said, I plan to do so when I go to Spain See how he's purposefully saying, I'll get there, but I'm just stopping in because I got places to be. There's people that need Jesus. And so I'm going to go to Spain, but I'll stop in and say hi to y'all. And we'll talk and we'll have dinner. By the way, take an offering. I need some money. I got to stop and talk about that for a second, by the way. Yeah, hold, hold your horses on that. I know some churches, you know, people get all upset if any of you ever talk about money. We're so non-money focused, we don't even take an offering anymore. We kind of hope you'll end up at a giving station or on online. I'm telling you, the last three weeks have been pitiful offerings. I'm just going to say it. You 're pitiful. I mean, the money that's coming in last week's barely enough to pay the staff that we currently have. And we're planning on hiring somebody in the next few weeks. We want, we want a new pastor to come on staff. And so I don't know. I have no idea what you're thinking, but I'm going to take Paul's line. Y'all, come on, y'all. Your regular tithes and offering are very important for the function of the church. Paul wasn't afraid to say, y'all need to do something here, because I'm coming, I need supplies. Church. Missional living, purposeful living, not wasting your life, includes making sure your church is funded well. And we, we, it's our responsibility to be careful. But I'm not getting on you, but I am going to tell you I see it in here, and I'm like, that's right, Paul. Paul's going to show up, and he's like, I'm out of gas, and I need some new clothes, and, and you, you got to help me, because I got to get to Spain. I've been there. We're missionaries. I'm telling you. I would roll up to a camp sometimes out of gas and pray, God, if these people don't pay me in cash, I'm walking home. Keep me going. And God always took care of Paul. One of the, my favorite stories is rolling up to this camp. I was uh, talking to Christian school kids before. They, it was about this time of year, and they they went away for a retreat. I spoke at the retreat all weekend, and it was only like forty miles from home. and, and so it was on the other side of Kalamazoo, South of Kalamazoo. And so I left Battle Creek, and I'm a and I'm missionary. We don't have steady income, and I'm like, I'm I'm going to get there. And I rolled in, and it I rolled in. I mean, I barely rolled in. I'm like, whoo! I said, now I got a job to do. I'm going to preach. And Lord, you're going to need to get me home. <laughs> On the last day, never said anything about it. I enjoyed serving and did my thing. I kind of kept thinking, are they going to pay me? By the way, don't ever do that to missionaries. It's, you know, don't ever have them serve and then say, okay, what's your address? We're going to send you a check in three weeks, right? Ah, you know. So I'm just praying the whole weekend. Lord, I pray they pay me and I pray that they pay me in cash so I can get gas. I just, Lord, you know my need. You know what this specific group did on, on the last day? As I was getting up to speak, like it was my turn, and some guy that works in the technology, he come running up, and he goes, PD, your car's in the way. I need your keys. i got to have your keys. And I'm like, fine, fine, fine. I gave him my keys, and I, didn't, I went and preached. I was like, duh, I didn't even think about it. You know what they did? Somebody had decided, let's bless this minister, and let's fill his tank with gas, and let's put gift cards on his seat, It's it's wonderful to be a servant of God and open your door saying, I don't know where the gas is coming from, and turn your car and it's got a full tank. And that's all Paul's saying. He's not not one of these evangelists saying, Send 1995 and I'll bless a napkin and send it to you. He's not trying to scam the people, he's not trying to become rich. Rich is not in the mindset. But he's not afraid to say, provide. He's not afraid to say, provide the needs. He took concrete steps to reach the nations. He collected money in one place to take to this place, and he says, while I'm doing that, I'm going to need your help to get to the next place and prayer to make sure that I arrive with that offering and it doesn't get stolen and I don't mess up. He took concrete steps to be effective. And I love the fact that he was honest with people. And the fifth thing is Paul's prayer. It ends here with uh, him asking for the people to pray for him. Go ahead and click it there. He leaned on God for support in his trials. It wasn't easy. This ministry he's trying to do—it's—it's it's really traveling is not easy. Uh, I was a youth pastor for 25 years in one church, 20 years in one church, and then for five years before we came to Oakwood, I was an international youth speaker. It's a great title. It really stunk to be in a, a car, a plane, or a boat every weekend on Friday and leaving my family for the whole weekend to go speak somewhere. It was, it was hard. Traveling's not, it sounds fun and exotic until you do it for a month. And then it gets old quick. Anybody travel through airports every week? You know what I'm talking about. It's like, pfft, ugh. Paul is exhausted. He's a servant of God, and he's got a mission. He's got a plan, but it's not easy. And then you throw into it. He keeps on getting thrown in prison. That's annoying. You know, I mean, think about it. This guy is our template, and he's like, he's not, he's not writing in first hesitations. It's time for me to retire. There's seashells to be picked up that's not happening. Paul's like, in his old age, he's like, you know, keep funding me because I got to get to here from there to there because I got this and that and he's got to be doing, I got, I got, I got God's work to do. God's work. So we lean on God for support. Verse 30 to 33. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the Lord, by the love of the Spirit, join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. I don't think he's complaining. I don't think he's, but it is hard. <laughs> Ministry is hard work. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers. My whole thing is to go tell people and they get mad, they smack me around, pray for my safety. Oh. It just is a wife, a life well lived. Next slide. So the question is you are you following Paul's example? What's my position? You need to read this in the first person today. What's my position? Your position needs to be gospel urgency. You might not be a missionary. That might not be your identity. I am a missionary. That doesn't work and I just do this. No, but you're on mission. And gospel urgency ought to be at the core of what we are. Next one, number two. What's my practice? Are you sharing the gospel frequently, regularly? Do you use every opportunity to present Jesus? Number three. Number three. What's my passion? Lost people rescued by Jesus, is that your passion? It ought to be our passion that lost people be saved come and be baptized. Surrender their life as a testimony and say, I'm with Jesus. Next week is our baptism service. If you've never been baptized, come and let the world know that you're with Jesus. You you need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But if you've been saved and ask him to save you of your sin, come into your life as Savior and Lord, then it's time to stand up in front of the whole community and say, I want to make sure you know that just like Jesus died and was buried and rose again, I am going to die to my old life, be raised to new. Life in Jesus Christ because I'm with Jesus. Come and come and be that testimony. Contact the church if you've never been baptized. We want you to be a part of it. We made new baptism shirts, by the way. Everybody getting baptized gets a shirt, and it says "Raised to New Life." It's awesome. Don't do it just for the shirt. There ought to be a better reason. What's your position? What's your practice? What's your passion? Next one. What's your plan? How will I share the gospel? Do you have a plan? how you're going to share the gospel? Are you ready? The Bible says in season, out of season, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. Always be prepared. Are you ready? Are you practiced? Do do, do you have a plan to share Jesus? Some people are really good at the hooks, you know. Uh, You're somewhere and... You know, the, the, the register and you get a coffee or whatever. And they're like, here you go. Have a nice day. You can have a nice day if you know Jesus. I mean, they're always ready. Now, some people are really good with the hooks. They're just constantly going into the message, right? I don't know how you do it. I, you do it. Yeah, we are not short of tools to be prepared. You know, you go to the, a Christian bookstore and they've even got testaments at the counter. You can buy testaments so you can have fresh breath and share Jesus. Testaments. I love that. I mean, We've got wordless books. We've got like Christian Rubik's cubes. I mean, there's so many things out there to talk about Jesus. We are without excuse. There's apps. <laughs> there's an app on your phone that you can get sharing Jesus. You know, you're like, well, I don't know all the verses. Open the app and they're there. You can say, hey, right here in Romans, you know. I mean, it's so available. What's my position? What's my practice? What's my passion? What's my plan? And finally, what's my prayer? I I pray today that your prayer is my prayer. I just, I want it to count. I want it to mean something. I want to get to the end of this life and have Jesus say, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Can you do that and still retire? I think you can. Can you do that and still go catch Petoskey stones? Yeah, you can do that too. But make it part of something bigger. I I don't know when we'll finally understand. So many people that have everything have discovered that there's nothing there. Katy Perry said, Katy, yeah pastor's quoting Katy Perry. Jim Carrey's coming next. Katy Perry said, I have 100 million digital singles and still I'm insecure. The comedian Jim Carrey said, I think everybody should get rich, famous, and do everything they've ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. Quarterback Tom Brady, (laughs) after winning all his Super Bowls, Was asked, this whole upward trajectory, what have you learned about yourself? Tom Brady said in this 60 minute interview, he said, Why do I have Super Bowl rings and still think that there's something greater out there for me? Maybe a lot of people out there would say, Hey man, this is what it is. You reached your goal, your dream, and your life. Me, I think, God, there's got to be more than this. What else is there for me? The interviewer asked him, Well, what's the answer? Tom Brady said, man, I wish I knew. When are we going to understand that the American dream isn't everything that it's cut out to be? But God called you to be an American. Can we do life with purpose? I think so. We have an example. In his closing of his letter, I think I can look at you and honestly say, be like Paul all the way to the end the burning in your belly to do more than just collect seashells. I'll ask the team to come up and as we close let's pray Father God as we wrap things up today help us to just see that there's more to this life help us to see that there's there's a purpose and a plan that we can live more than just for ourselves God I pray that you would Help each of us to examine our path. Make sure that that path not only includes you, but that path focuses on you. God, make us effective. God, our prayer is simply make me effective. God, I want to be effective in my home for you. I want to be effective at work for you. I want to be effective in my retirement for you. God, I just pray that we wouldn't waste these lives. As each of us leaves here today sucking air for free, may we remember to give it back and have a purpose and plan. And pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.